I know we don't pass things, but pass them down. Like give each aisle maybe a, a stack and they can grab two. Um, and then they'll need a pen, okay? So that's what they need. All right, last month, if you remember on Family Sunday, we talked about who you are, right? We had talked about who God thinks you are, who sometimes people tell us we are, and who God thinks we are, okay? I'm going to remind us of what God says about us, okay? Here I go. I'm going to talk fast because I don't have too much time. We're starting going to eat in 20 minutes. All right. I am a child of God. I am called. I am forgiven. I am chosen. I am no longer a slave. I am in God's image. I am set apart. I am royal. I am loved. I am a friend. I am God's handiwork. I am a citizen of heaven. I am a conqueror. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. And I am a new creation, and I can rest. Okay? Front row over there. Take it down a notch. Please and thank you. I just can't hear myself think, so sorry. I'm going to call you guys out over there. <laughs> Go to the back. No, sorry. <laughs> I get, I'm easily distracted. All right, so that is what God says about us, right? Okay, everybody got their post-its yet? Okay, today I'm going to talk about being a friend, okay? There are lots and lots of examples of um, what a friend is in the Bible, of awesome and amazing friendships in the Bible. And um, I don't know uh, when I decided to do it, but I decided that we were going to talk about friends today. So, because we need friends, it's important. Um, it's kind of funny uh, talking about people. Whenever I'm supposed to speak, no matter what, when I'm supposed to speak, somebody needs me, like needs to talk to me or needs, I like, not in a bad way, but like a couple of months ago, I went down to the lake because I was going to like, you know, get into God's creation and write my sermon and just, you know, be there. And uh, <laughs> Justin and Kale Griman were at the beach. Amazing, awesome, but what did I do? I ended up hanging out with them, going out to lunch, going to the park. But, and it always, something is always happening like that in my life. And, you know, you could think, oh, like Satan's trying to get you from speaking a good message to the congregation. But in my head, I'm like, no, what is really the most important thing? The people, the relationships, me getting up here and talking your ear off is not the most important thing. Me being there for you in day-to-day -day life and us being there for each other in day-to-day -day life is the most important thing. Coming together is amazing and the spirit moves and all this awesomeness happens, which is why we need to come together. But also we need to be there for each other, not only on Sundays. Okay, so. There's my soapbox. But, um, so everybody has the post-its, okay? I want you to write something nice about two people in the room. You heard what God says about us, right? So we got a little, maybe some little reminders. Two people in the room, write them down, give them to those people, okay? Interactive service. <clears throat> um, also, I always get a little nervous about talking and making... I always know what I'm going to talk about, but it's putting it down on paper. That's like the really hard part for me for some reason. And um, my boys always decide to stay up super late on Sunday or Saturday nights just to drive me crazy. And um, I'm like, seriously, you guys, like you're old enough to like just relax and, you know, and 
they're like just being wild and crazy and I said, Rocco, seriously, I need you to throw me a solid here and it's almost 11, I gotta get up early, like just, just please. And he starts singing Gyra. Gyra, you are enough and I will be content. And I'm like, turn over, start crying. They fall asleep, I fall asleep. Anyways, I was like, go Rocco. <laughs> He's like, chill out, Mom. It's fine. <laughs> uh, um, so when you give them to your person, I want them on up here on the board, okay? First read them, people. Read them, and then post them on the board up there. Oh, yeah, I just want you to write something nice about somebody and give it to them. Yes. Okay, and then you're the person, they're going to go up and they're going to put the post-its on this whiteboard. Everybody's going to put their two post-its on the whiteboard. But the person needs to read them first. I want the person to read them that you give them to. Does that make sense? Like we have to have interaction with each other first. Uh, you don't have to write their name. No, just they know it's theirs. You're going to give it to them. <laughs> All right. It doesn't have to be like long-winded or anything. <laughs> we're getting to, we're gonna, we want to eat, right? <laughs> Bonnie, I missed you. I feel like I haven't seen you in a while. Love you. <laughs> I think Bonnie's been working, and Greg too. Yeah. In the pink shirt. Sam. With Tammy sitting next to Tammy in the stripes or the other one? Janelle? Janelle. Okay. Are you guys getting your notes? Do you feel good about yourselves? Yeah, after you get them, put them on the board. Will you put mine on the board for me, please? Just throw them any old place. Throw them everywhere. Hopefully we can fill it up. I don't know if there's enough of us, but. Yeah, I want them on the board. Oh, no, I want the post-its on the board. Thank you. I should have done this different because I want to make sure everybody gets a note. <coughs> yeah. I'm getting so many notes, I feel so popular. There 
is a nursery. I'm sorry, I forgot to tell you guys. you see anybody that didn't get up? Write them a note. Write them a note. Choppy, choppy. Okay, so I'm gonna let you guys keep writing, okay? Two is just not enough. You just keep writing notes, okay? Um, we're gonna watch a little video, um, and then I will get into a little bit of my sermon. <laughs> That's all right. They won't, no, I just, no, they won't leave. <laughs> but I just, you know, I like to be a little punctual. All right, um, so there's gonna be a video. It's kind of silly. The lights, can you guys turn, oh, turn the lights down anyways, it's hot up here. What? It's unavailable right now? Oh, nuggets. Okay, well, so I will um, carry on. But, um, so we're talking about friendship today and friendship is like a really, really, really huge deal that um, we, we need our friends, I mean, God, you know, when he made Adam and Eve, he, like he said, Adam, it wasn't good for him to be alone, right? And um, I mean, yeah, he made him a woman, but there's also great friendships in the Bible that aren't, you know, male and female. Um, they're uh, just a few. Um, Abraham and Lot, um, great friendship. Um, Abraham was loyal to Lot, and um, he was just a really loyal guy. Ruth and Naomi, um, you know, they, they, they were really good friends. David and Jonathan, who I'm going to talk about today. Um, but I'll, uh, David was a really good friend because if you, this thing, it says David and Abiathar, David and Nahash, David and Ittai. David was a good guy, I guess. Um, David and Hiram. Um, Job's friends came to him when he was down and out. He had some good friends. Elijah and Elisha, super good friends. Like, Elisha wouldn't leave Elijah, even though Elijah was like, peace out. He was like, nope. Um, Daniel and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, right? Super good friends. They, like, were, were like, we're not going to worship idols. They lifted each other up. They were there for each other. Paul, Timothy, and Epaphroditus. Je Jesus was super good friends with Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. Um, Mary and Martha and Lazarus, like Mary and Martha talked really plainly to Jesus. I read this book to um, Levi and, and Ethan the other day at church, uh, this story, remember? <laughs> remember when I was like making the funny voices with Mary and Martha? But they were like, uh, Jesus, why didn't you come in time? Like, he's already dead. <laughs> but they talked plainly. They were such good friends with Jesus that they could talk plainly with him. And then Paul, Priscilla, and Aquila were also really good friends. Is my video ready? All right. Lights. My favorite deputy. You 
Cousin Woody. They're such good friends. Did you know that, um, oh my gosh, I'm going to lose their names, but uh, Buzz and Woody, the actor, Tom Hanks and Toolman Taylor, what's his name? Tim Allen. They actually became best friends like while doing these movies, and I was watching a bunch of um, videos trying to pick the best one on YouTube, and it's like so, it was just really cool how. They became really good friends um, during this movie, and uh, I was watching another one of the videos of uh, like Buzz and Woody. You know, they didn't start out like as good friends. Like um, Woody was really jealous of Buzz. You know, he thought he was going to take over his Andy, and uh, just how they became really good friends and helped each other out. <laughs> I'm going to cry about Buzz and Woody. cry on the video they're like one of the videos they think they're gonna die and they're all holding hands but anyways um it's just such a um a really cool picture of just friendship and it was just kind of like a supposed to be kind of like a uh um an icebreaker this video but i ended up talking beforehand but anyways i want to talk about um the friendship of david and jonathan okay um david and jonathan had a friendship that was like really like no other friendship um after David killed Goliath, um, David was brought into Saul's home, and uh, <clears throat> and uh, it says here that uh, the soul of Jonathan was knit to the soul of David, 
And Jonathan loved him as his own soul. And Saul, Jonathan's dad, took him that day and would not let him return to his father's house. Then Jonathan made a covenant with David because he loved him as his own soul. And Jonathan stripped himself of the robe that was on him and gave it to David and his armor and even his sword and his bow and his belt. That's 1 Samuel 18, 1 through 4. And um, so basically, Jonathan stripped himself of everything, right? And he gave it to David. Jonathan was next in line to be king. And David had been anointed to be king. So should Jonathan have been jealous, been mad at David? You know, like buzzing Woody up there, like, you know, Woody wasn't very excited about Buzz coming into his home. And Jonathan stripped himself, so he basically stripped himself down to be like David, because David was a shepherd boy, like he didn't have any, like, good things. He stripped himself down, and he gave it to David. And, you know, like, you can, you know, they talk about the, the Bible is just, like, a picture. Um, the Old Testament is a picture of, like, the New Testament, you know, like it's a precursor or whatever. But, you know, that's what Jesus did for us, you know. God sent his son, Jesus, to die on the cross. He stripped him down to nothing. He made him human. He stripped him down to nothing. And that's what Jonathan did for David. And there, I, I looked up this article. It's, like, a really awesome article. Um, but it talks about uh, the language used to describe the bond between David and Jonathan is indicative not only of the intensity of their friendship, but the way in which their friendship rooted them deeply in a life of love. That is a life of being truly human. It says Jonathan's soul was knit, which is the Hebrew word koshar, to the soul of David. The basic meaning of this verb is to bind, to tie together. As a scarlet thread was tied to the hand of Zerah or Rahab tied a piece of scarlet to her window. The same verb is used to describe how God's words are to koshar, to the foreheads and hands of Israel. By extension, that is applied to the knot of love that ties people together. Jacob's soul was tied to the soul of his youngest son, Benjamin, just as Jonathan's was to David. That Jonathan loved him as his own soul. So they had like a soul tie, in essence, but it was like not a bad one. <laughs> you can have good soul ties and bad soul ties if you ever heard those messages. Um, he saw in David a reflection of who he himself was. This recognition pulled him outside of himself and bound him to another. It simultaneously emptied and filled him. He emptied himself of a life all about him and filled him with the life of another. We see that emptying out illustrated in the stripping off of his robe and weapons and giving them to David. What was his, his inward soul and his outward possessions became another's. Jonathan's friendship benefited not only David, but himself as well. He discovered in this friend who he was, a love giver, a gift giver, one who empties himself into the life and soul of a friend. In short, Jonathan's actions are an epiphany of what it means to be truly human. Um, I'm going to keep reading because this is, like, just really good, and I can't say it better. So, um, 
So it talks about um, in the friendship of David and Jonathan, the Lord had gives, has given us an example of what this bond between friends enacts in two people. David's words of lamentation echo and reinforce Jonathan's actions. They also take them to a higher level. His friend had been very pleasant to David. The root and derivatives of this word are used to describe beauty, goodness, and kindness. They're applied also to the God of Israel. His divine name is Naim. The psalmist wants to behold the Noam of the Lord in this temple. David saw in Jonathan one whose kindness and pleasantness mirrored that of God himself. So the kind of love that Jonathan had for David was a picture of God. Okay? Those are the words that they use in the Old Testament. You know, like the language that the Old Testament is written in has a lot of better wording, more meanings of words than we do in the English. It's We have a kind of a weird language, our English language. <laughs> like, you know, we can love bread and we can love each other and <laughs> all the things. Um, so, um, moreover, Jonathan's love for him was extraordinary. Okay, it's from the word Paula. This root is commonly used to describe wondrous divine acts that are beyond our ability to grasp or understand. This love, David says, was greater than the love of a woman. The love of a woman for a man or a man for a woman is an extraordinary gift. It is frequently held up as a mirror of the love between God and his people, right? Like we're his bride, so on and so forth. In David and Jonathan's case, however, the bond of love between them was even higher than what exists between a man and a woman. It was like divine actions, Paula, wonderful, extraordinary, surpassing all expectation. As such, this love of friends mirrored even more closely the love of God for his people. Indeed, it was a gift from God designed to enable David and Jonathan to experience in their friendship an earthly reflection of the celestial love of Yahweh for Israel. So the picture of David and Jonathan is the picture of how God feels about us, right? And um, if you've heard me talk about it before, uh, I've talked about we need to be Jesus with skin on sometimes, right? Yeah, and um, I think that we as people that have Jesus in our hearts as Christians, we can, we can exude this kind of love that Jonathan had for David. Um, and uh, it's just amazing because Jonathan saved David's life like over and over and over and over and over again. Like Saul got real crabby and um, wanted to kill David. And, uh, you know, Jonathan should have been with his dad, in essence, because, like, David was going to take the throne. Like, and he didn't. He saved Jonathan. He saved David's life over and over and over again. And, and then, you know what David did for Jonathan after Jonathan was dead? Most of us know. <laughs> Pretty good. Um, so when somebody new became the king, they would kill all of the family members of the old king. So, like, if they became, like, a new kingdom or whatever. So, like, David's family, like, wasn't Saul's family, right? So Jonathan was supposed to be king, and he didn't become king. But David did because he was the anointed one because Saul kind of messed up, and that just didn't go well for him. So Jonathan um, and Saul died in battle. Um, and uh, David became king, and what they would do in that time was they would just kill all of Saul's family. Anybody that was any relation to Saul, they just wanted to get rid of him so that they wouldn't try to take over the throne, right? And um, a few years, it, it was a years after uh, 
David became king because um, he, uh, what's his name? Sorry. Uh, he, he had grown old. So when, when Saul and Jonathan died in battle, uh, um, what's his name? Yeah, I'm like, what is it? Mephibosheth, he, his, his nursemaid or whatever took him and ran, and she dropped him and, uh, when they were running, and he became lame in the feet. Uh, so he was living in basic poverty, right? Because, you know, in that day, there wasn't really anything for people that were lame to be able to do. And so one day David asked, is there anyone left of Saul's family? If so, I'd like to show him some kindness in honor of Jonathan. It happened that a servant from Saul's household named Ziba was there. They called him into David's presence. The king asked him, are you Ziba? Yes, sir, he replied. The king asked, is there anyone left from the family of Saul to whom I can show some godly kindness? Ziba told the king, yes, there is Jonathan's son, lame in both feet. Where is he? He's living at the home of Makir, son of Emil in Lodabar. King David didn't lose a minute. <laughs> this is the message. He sent and got him from the home of Makir. And when Mephibosheth, son of Jonathan, who was the son of Saul, came before David, he bowed deeply, abasing himself, honoring David. David spoke his name, Mephibosheth. Yes, sir, don't be frightened. I'd like to do something special for you in the memory of your father, Jonathan. To begin with, I'm returning to you all of the properties of your grandfather, Saul. <laughs> Furthermore, from now on, you'll take all your meals at my table. So he went from complete squalor <laughs> to, like, living in the king's house. Um, anyways, so, so Jonathan showed David just amazing kindness and a God kind of kindness, a God kind of love. And then, you know what? David paid it back, right? Paid it forward, in essence. And he took Mephibosheth, I can't say his name, Mephibosheth into his home. Um, and that is the kind of friendships that the Bible exemplifies, right? Like, I mean, that's a heck of a friendship. That's probably the best one, in my opinion, in the Bible. Uh, but, you know, I think a lot of us are... Uh, Sometimes struggle, maybe, with finding friends. Uh, sometimes you just see somebody and you know you're going to be friends. Sometimes you see somebody and you think you're not going to be friends, but you become really good friends. Uh, there's all kinds of different, you know, ways that we become friends with people. I think that uh, David and Jonathan kind of talks about, in my eyes, it talks about having that one good friend, that one human that will be Jesus with skin on, um, show you the love of the Father, show you how, um, how, how much God loves you in human form. Um, and uh, it's just amazing, like, even what it says about friendship and the benefits of friendship in, you know, like, just, you know, secular world. It talks about... Um, Friends not only prevent loneliness, but they also increase your, increase your sense of belonging and purpose, boost your happiness and reduce your stress, improve your self-confidence and self-worth, help you cope with traumas such as divorce, serious illness, job loss, or the death of a loved one, encourage you to change or avoid healthy lifestyle habits such as excessive drinking or lack of exercise. These are good friends. If you have a bad friend, they might, you know, take you on the other side. Um, help put your problems in context to develop a stronger sense of meaning and direction. 
and increased feelings of security and help protect against stress, ease the emotional impact of difficulties and offer new ideas about tackling them. Um, that's for your like psychological health and even in your you know, physical health, you'll have stronger immunity, lower stress, improve your self-confidence, increased happiness and better overall health. That's what having good friends can do for you. Um, so, time is it? Oh, I gotta get out of here. Um, so, the picture of David and Jonathan is, is just such an amazing picture of what friendships can be. Um, I've had friendships, um, you know, like that. Some of them, you know, come and go. Some of them don't last forever, um, and that's okay. You know, sometimes I have friends like, say, Justin and Kale. We were best friends in high school, best friends in college. You know, they live in Oklahoma. I live here. You know, we're not really, like, best friends anymore, but, heck, when they came to town and saw me, we were best friends again for that moment, right? Those are, there's people in our lives that maybe we don't see all the time. But my prayer today is um, for us to find that one friend. And maybe some of us don't have it. Like, we don't have that one friend. We go through spaces in our lives where I've gone through spaces where I'm like, I have no friends, which m might not be true, you know, but nobody that's, like, knit together with you, like bosom friends, if you ever watch Anne of Green Gables. But um, those bosom buddies, you know, and... Um, I know that, like, my kids struggle with that. Sorry, kids, but having that one person, you need a person. I mean, you know, Jesus can be that person for you, and even when you don't have that person, um, you know, you have, you know, God on your side, of course, you know. But sometimes we need a little bit of Jesus in the flesh. We need to be able to touch it, to feel it. And, you know, we have, some of us are married or, you know, what have you, and you have that. And some of us feel like maybe our kids could be that, which... It's not really a good idea, especially when they turn a little bit older, but, <laughs> but yeah, but then it flips, okay? It's kind of like, you know, um, you know, first they do for you, and then you do for them, or, you know, whatever. Um, but my prayer today is that we can be that friend that Jonathan was to David. Um, maybe you don't have a friend that you can call, like, that kind of thing, but Maybe you just need to be that friend to somebody. Maybe you need to ask God to give you a person. You know, we've all heard my Kaylee story a million times, but I didn't really ask God to give me a person. <laughs> but God told me that I needed to help this person, and God can do that for you. And, you know, at first it wasn't a great relationship. I mean, we were fine. It wasn't terrible. But now it's like a deep bosom friendship, and that can happen for everyone. I believe that God can make that happen for everyone. And like sometimes we're in just a deep and dark place and we need that person to pull us out. We need a Peter. So, Father God, I just thank you for everybody in this room today. I just thank you so much that you are the God of friendship. It shows us all through the Bible how you showed us how to be good friends, how to love each other, and how to be Jesus with skin on. We just... We want to hone that ability to be a good friend. Uh, and sometimes we have to be a friend to find a friend. We just thank you, Lord, so much for your friendships in our lives. And if we're going through a hard spot right now, that you're going to bring somebody that lifts us up, pulls us out of the darkness. We just thank you, Lord, so much for that. I thank you so much for this congregation. And we just thank you for the food we're about to eat. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's eat the food.
Yeah, yeah, yeah. 